Ah, the sweet, sweet sounds of technology past. But let's be real, who actually misses dial-up? Not I. On today's show, we're reminiscing and looking to the future by talking about technology. Tech is a podcast hot topic on so many fronts, but what about the construction and service industry? Uh, not so hot. At our company, though, we're blazing a trail by investing in the right technology for our business now and in the future. What does that look like? Well, I'm so glad you asked because our VP of technology, Christos Rusi, is here with us to delve into how customers, sales, service, and project teams can all benefit from this partnership. I'm Katie Mystery from Limbach. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome, Christos. Hey, Katie. Thanks for having me. Let's first start with why you're here talking to us today, because I am really excited about this topic. What's your background? Uh, sure. So my background has always been in technology and business. Uh, it all started about 20 years ago uh, when I started working for America Online in college uh, and really progressed from there. My focus has always been in technology operations and uh, Medicare, HMO, higher education. I first started working primarily as a developer, network, IT servers, and day-to-day IT. Uh, over the few years of my career, it really moved into more business operations and process improvements, uh, helping organizations be more efficient, lever- leveraging technology. I worked in leadership roles inside of tech and outside of tech, really focusing on how we can do better for technology. Um, before coming here to Limbach, I, I spent a long time working in sales and technology consulting. From there, I led the energy vertical uh, for our company, um, overseeing sales and technology for the Department of Energy, Utilities, Construction, and Manufacturing. So my goal really was to bring everything I learned in my career together um, to help customers and to really make them innovative, but also look at process improvement within an organization. So that brings me here to Limbach. Yeah, so you come to us with a smattering of different market sectors and industries in your history. Um, But it makes sense after hearing that, that you chose a construction company as your next success story, right? Because you had a piece of that in your previous organization. Absolutely. Um, You know, construction, hate to say this, has always been a little bit behind when it comes to technology. Yeah. Uh, You know, and for me, it's a good challenge because. Uh, unlike some industries, the leaders in construction want to get there. Uh, they're just afraid yeah. because at the end of the day, you know, the end goal is to finish a building or to do whatever task they want. Uh, they're not looking at technology to be better. Right. And there's already so much risk involved in construction and service that technology might seem like an added risk. Agreed. Uh, it's it's an added unknown, which unknown. equates to risk from both a uh, execution standpoint, but also a financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me, where does technology fit in the big picture of construction and service? Sure, I, I think you know, with construction, technology has always been a, a little all over the place. Where a lot of organizations use a lot of different technology solutions. Um, some maybe not even it's manual. Uh, what that does, it brings a lot of siloed processes and data to an organization that doesn't allow for proper decision making. So if you look at companies like Limbach and just construction 
companies in general will keep this high level, uh, you have systems throughout the entire project lifecycle from estimation to you know modeling and designing to project execution and, and project management and, and risk and financials all the way to um, preventive maintenance and, and maintenance in general. What happens there is you don't have a full picture of what is going on. Uh, and, and that's where I see the construction industry going. Um, I always say, you know, it's no longer something that we would like to have. We kind of have to do it. Yeah. Uh, our, our customers are expecting it. So you're talking about this concept of what I've heard you talk about before, connected construction, right? Bringing everything together. Do you want to just expand on what that term is a little bit more? Absolutely. Um, and I would love to be the person that coined that phrase, but I, I do know that that has <laughs> been before I entered. <laughs> we'll just pretend that you coined it, though. Sure. Um, connected construction is as simple as it sounds. It's connect, connecting all of your data points and all of your systems together, um, having a seamless process of data flowing through all aspects of your business. When you look at your ERP, where you handle your financials, or your CRM, where you put in opportunities, uh, where you are collecting data from your customers' buildings, all of that is connected construction. Being able to have a digital blueprint of someone's building or you know a facility. Yeah, you know there are some analog things that I do really miss. But for the most part, I'm glad you said the word digital because we are in the digital age. We have to be connected in this way. Otherwise, and I think this is one of the value propositions your department and you bring to our organization and to our customers is you help facilitate that connection. So, but for that to happen, I think there needs to be some unlearning <laughs> um, so we can really understand what it means to be connected. Can we start with a really basic term? But that's not so basic. It's kind of it's still kind of new to a lot of construction and uh, companies. What is the cloud, and why does it matter for us? Sure. No, that that's a great question. Um, it, it seems complicated, but it's really not. Think okay. of the old school way of um, when we let's think years and years ago. Um, maybe the days I was at America Online, like I mentioned, um, you would have a file or anything you would do is on your computer. Um, and it would be stored on your computer. You would need to either do one of two things, always bring your computer with you. Uh, at times, we didn't even have laptops, so I'm going far back now. Yeah, um, the big box have, computers. Big box computers, you would put something on a USB flash drive and carry that around, and that was your life. Um, as things progressed, applications really started going into the cloud as the data and other ways of connecting. The cloud is as basic as connecting to systems over the internet. That way you can connect to a certain application or a file uh, from anywhere. Now, there's always going to be needs to VPN into a server um, and do things, but where things are progressing, things are now internet-based. So you should be able to access everything uh, from anywhere. And more importantly, that allows us to have connected construction. The cloud yeah. is that framework where as long as things can be connected, um, it's easier to have that end-to-end -end solution. 
the cloud is one of those terms where, you know, like we all throw it around like we know what it is. But at the end of the day, if you ask someone to define it, we're like, oh, um, it's a cloud, you know, cloud. <laughs> so I think changing the way we think about technology, defining some of these terms that we take for granted now in this digital age is really important. Um, and picturing a cloud where everything lives and can be accessed versus a USB or a static room seems like a really important step in us getting there, but it's hard. And you hear that every day, just how hard it is to sell the value proposition of a technology department to customers and our internal folks alike, which kind of leads me to uh, a tough question to ask, but I think it has to be asked. What are your thoughts on why people get so frustrated with technology and tech implementation? Yeah, I, I think there, there's two key words um, that I always think about. And, you know, in my career, I've worked within an IT department. Uh, I've worked uh, outside of an IT department in the business for an organization. And then I worked in consulting. So I've worked with a lot of different customers in different industries. Um, and there always there, there's two themes that cause frustration and or failure uh, of any implementation. Uh, that is assumptions and feedback. So when starting with assumptions, a lot of times as a technologist, you know how something should work or you know what the capabilities are. So you assume this is what the user is wanting and you assume that, oh, OK, they, they want this. I'm going to build it this way because this is what I'm used to as a technologist. And that's it. They, they take a requirement, they do it and then they give it back. On the flip side, Katie, assumption also means that a user has an assumption of how technology should work. Yeah, it goes sometimes both ways here. It does. And sometimes it may be uh, a little far-fetched. So we have to kind of reel that back in. I'm uh, not saying that the user or customer is wrong because they're always right. However, there has to be a little uh, give and take when yeah. trying to understand how to build a solution for someone. That just makes me laugh a little bit because we're so innovative as people, you know, and we just think things are going to go a certain way. And when they don't, we're like, who's to blame? It's someone else. It's not me. It's always IT. It's always IT. <laughs> it's always IT. Okay, wait, wait. And that's okay. But, you know, with feedback is the second piece. Um, yeah. Once you get through the assumptions, great. You're all on the same page, we think. Um, we're happy. We're dancing together towards the end goal. Love and it. then goes wherever they go in their bubble and they do what they do, right? That's what a user thinks. Then two weeks, four weeks, six months, heck, even a year for a large implementation, um, IT comes back and it doesn't, it's not what the user wanted. Or guess what? The industry has changed. The operation has changed. So, you know, being very agile, which is, you know, the framework that, that I'm used to and that I come from, is having that iterative way of implementing and always getting feedback. And while having the business part of the implementation and, and getting those feedback loops, we can catch things and we can say, oh, wow, yeah, that's what I was thinking four weeks ago. But guess what? Something like COVID happened and we have to pivot. Oh. So, you know, without those feedback loops, it could be 12 months and you're like, oh, wow, we just spent a lot of time and money. So, yeah, but it, it really, it, it humanizes IT, I think, when you put it in that frame. 
Yeah, I, 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 um, I saw an article that I, I posted on LinkedIn, and it was about the the role of a senior technology executive or even just technology team. Mm-hmm. It, it's no longer IT being a siloed kind of workhorse in an organization. Technology should be a partner. And if technology feels as though they're not a part of the business, that's a problem. And we're always going to have that tug of war between technology and business. So for me, it's important to change the culture even here at Limbach. And we have started to, which is great that, hey, we're part of the business. We're your partner. Yeah. I love that for both internal and external, because typically, yes, we might only think of it in one direction. Um, but you're saying, hey, we serve all all of our customers here, whether they're internal customers or our external customers. Absolutely. Customer, I mean, internals, you're my customer. Uh, yeah. Everyone's my customer. Um, we have to have that that mindset of customer service. It is a mindset. Even mm-hmm. when it's internal. Yeah. You know what? I think that's, we're going to talk more about that because the customer, this concept of a customer in IT and technology is really important. But let's take a quick break from from where we are right now, because of course it's helpful if people know you a bit better as a person, because then they'll have a stronger foundation from which they can reach out and build a relationship with you. So we're going to shift to one of our fun game-like segments. Okay. This one is called tell me something good. Okay. And it's as simple as it sounds. I am going to say, give you a prompt and you are going to have to answer that prompt. Okay. (laughs) I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. No, here. no, it's 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 quick and easy. Um, and this it's the prompt will start with "Tell me something good." So you ready? I guess. <laughs> Tell me something good. Tell me something good that really defines who you are today. We're going a little deep here. Wow. Um, I I think for me it's excitement. Um, most folks who talk to me know I get excited very easily, and usually you can see it in my face. Um, so I, I think something good is let's get excited and you know let's let's talk about things and and have passion. So I think that's good. I can usually get excited pretty quickly. See, you were nervous, but you had an answer like this. <laughs> you were just ready. That's your sales background right there. Think so. I, You're I think right. it <laughs> you got an answer for it. I don't it. know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It is really me. I'm not selling. No, it's helpful. It's helpful. And and in this podcast, we want to spread some goodness, um, some positivity, and we definitely want to do that through technology too. So I thought it was appropriate to um, kind of break us up with that segment today. Thank you for answering it. And speaking of good things, I mentioned before that your plans and department exist for our internal people and for our external. Um, and I'm curious as to what that actually looks like. You had a phased plan when you started here. What did that include and where are we in that plan? Sure. Um, so I, coming here, you know, knowing about the company, where we were and where we were as a construction industry, um, there was really a three year roadmap that I had in my brain when I started. Um, and it's the same roadmap that I use for customers um, in, in similar situations. Uh, year one was really, let's understand our ecosystem. Let's understand our systems, where we're getting our data, what are our processes? How do we then consolidate and centralize? Um, and you'll see why that's important as we get to year two and year three. 
but really it was how do we centralize, consolidate, and build that plumbing for the future. Um, year two, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Year, year two was really, okay, now that we have everything in one place, how do we leverage centralized systems and data for better dashboards, for better insights? How do we make our life easier with automation um, and really start building the framework for us internally um, to make better decisions, but then better decisions for our customers, which again, it's always the customer. Um, so how do we, we become more customer centric, uh, both in our data, but then our overall systems and architecture? Year three, my goal is we are now, we now have better solution offerings for our customers. Uh, we are, we are able to, as part of our business, really offer better analytics, better, um, predictions, better proactive measures to assure that not only we're successful, but also our customers are successful in how they manage their business. Now, someone might be listening to this and think to themselves, that sounds really nice. How are we actually going to get there? But I want to assure everybody that's listening, you don't just have those overarching ideas, Christos. You have an actual plan that's going to help us accomplish that. Correct. That, yeah. that, that's, that's the goal. Um, you know, year one is critical, um, and, and we, we passed that. And we were able to go through, I won't say how many different number of pieces of technologies. Oh and gosh, I don't want to know. Vendors. We won't use that number. Um, but let's just say it's, it's, it was high. Um, I, I, I think it is start small. Um, and we're still tweaking systems and we're still understanding how to automate processes. But, you know, we're, we're definitely ahead of where we were, you know, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, all of this is going to clearly rely on pulling together what we have, making sure that people realize there is a plan. There is a plan in place. Someone is leading this plan. We're going to communicate the plan to you. Um, and everything has to get into that one spot in order to make this happen. I think that's probably the tricky part and might take a while. But there's got to be a good reason for doing that. And you mentioned this word centralized a few times now. Can we just be really clear? What is the benefit of centralization again? Sure. Um, so centralization, it's more than just data. Um, you'll, you'll notice I talk about data a lot. Um, and I will continue to do so because with good data comes good decisions. However, centralized, um, first and foremost, means having a central hub of technology, meaning there's a centralized technology group within a company, organization, or even for customers that understands the holistic view of the entire company. Once you have that centralized where things go in and out of, uh, you're able to assist and make better decisions uh, throughout the whole longevity of the company and our life cycle. So first and foremost, centralized means everything in one place so that we can understand the entire landscape of what we have going on. When we shift from technology centralized to data centralized, it's the same theme. And you'll, you'll hear me say it often. It's having data and systems centralized so we can connect all the pieces, connected construction, and we can look at things at a large landscape of what is going on and make better decisions. 
Yeah. Does it, I don't know, this is coming to my head, but when we do that, when we get to that point where everyone can make these better decisions based on the data that's in front of us, do we all kind of become little mini technologists? I like the word that you use there because we know how to use the technology in front of us. I, <laughs> you're Did asking a technology person, so that, that might be unfair. But putting my business hat on, I, I think everyone should have a level of business and everyone should have a level of technology. Just because you're not in technology doesn't mean technology is the ones who do all the technology things. But then, you know, what I try to help my team understand in tech, in tech and IT is just because you're in IT, it doesn't mean you do not know the business. It's critical for them to understand the business. So to answer your question, yes. I think that as we evolve uh, as humans, even outside of, of just working in a company, we, we have to understand technology. If you would have asked me 20 years ago uh, about the iPhone and we all have Apple TVs and smart TVs, guess what? All that's technology. Wow. You just don't realize that you were forced to change. Wow. Oh, this is like an exist. This could go really existential. <laughs> We're we're not going to go there. We're going to go back to our customers because that's some, something I really wanted to touch on um, in our conversation today. So tell me, customer-wise, what should they know about how, how we use technology and, da and data beyond centralizing our software and the general sales pitch about how beneficial tech is? I, I think it's that we're continuously innovative. Um, I, our goal, there's two goals for our customers, as I mentioned before. One is how do we make ourselves more innovative and more data-driven to make better decisions for them? Um, and that is from estimating, from designing, to managing risk on the projects, to properly executing, um, all the way to maintenance. You know, the one thing to know about us is we're continuously looking for ways to innovate and evolve. Especially, you know, with, with me here, that's exactly where we're going. And this didn't just come from me. It came from the top. It came from our CEO and COO. They're 100% in line with where we're heading. And that seems critical. It absolutely is. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are times when you don't have that support that we have here internally. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it makes it easier for me so I can actually focus on getting things done than, you know, selling the why we, we need to go yeah. there. Yeah. The second piece is, you know, how they can be more innovative. So our job is also to not only show them what we're doing, but how can we make them better? How can we make them make better decisions, um, replacing assets on their side? Let's not continuously maintain an asset that maybe needs to be replaced. Let's find ways to make them better so they can focus their dollars in the right place as well. Yeah, and that comes back to the whole planning piece. So just break down for me, how can customers benefit from our technology planning that we're doing internally? I think very similar to what we're doing. Um, they need to be alongside with us. Uh, how, how can we better our technology um, and how can we incorporate our customers to plan alongside us? How yeah. are they changing? How, how are their operations and business changing? 
back to the feedback cycles I talked about earlier, we should be getting those same feedback cycles from our customers. If they're part of our planning and they're part of our technology roadmap and we have their feedback, then we're evolving alongside them. Mm-hmm. You know, it never ceases to, to amaze me in business how many lessons and principles are derived from our childhood. Just because talking to people, communicating you know, being friends with others, likability, like all of that comes back to what you're taught as a kid. And um, I feel like it's just a funny thing that it, that it all relies on these foundational, it being business success, relies on these foundational principles of feedback, communication, partnership. It's treating someone like a human. Um, (laughs) I was very fortunate to come from a background that is, you know, Greek and cultured and, and open and, and I guess likes to talk. Um, but with that, I learned early on, if you just have a conversation, although difficult, you can get through anything um, that yeah. maybe you would not have been able to. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, I'll use that to transition to um, our last, my last question here for you, because I think this brings it back home for us. We talk about communication internally a lot. We talk about partnership. You've talked about partnership here. And there are some key teams in our company that probably need some education on our technology and where we're going with tech. And I would say those are sales, our project teams, and our service teams. Could you break down each of those groups for us? What should they be learning more about? And how could they talk about that with our customers? Sure. Um, I'm going to try and keep things high level, but also mm-hmm. specific um, okay. to, to help our folks internally um, specifically, but then also at, at a higher level. So for sales, I, I think, you know, sales, of course, is critical for us as an organization, any organization. You know, uh, revenue is important, um, as is everything else. But revenue helps us drive. It helps us invest. It helps us continuously innovate. So for sales, I, I think, you know, leveraging the technology we have, and being a voice of how to make things better is key. And I look at our CRM and it's critical that, you know, our, our sales team leverages our CRM for that data, not only for themselves to keep them going. Um, I know for me, I needed a CRM in my previous life to keep me going or else you can get a little scatterbrained. So focusing on the opportunities, focusing on, on things is critical. But it also gives executives an idea of what's going on that way they can look at the data and they can understand rather than reaching out to our sales folks where they should be out selling uh if we have the data we can look at things holistically and you know maybe have less meetings um so smart wow that's a that's a crazy concept christos yes less meetings who would have thought um you know the second piece is i i think it's beneficial for our sales team to understand where we're going with technology. Um, yes, they have specific sales goals uh, in a sales playbook of, of how they're selling. Um, and, and I hate the word selling, maybe how they're partnering with our customers, but knowing where we're going is important. So for them to understand maybe a little more in depth about you know, our playbook and how I'm partnering with our other executives on customer solutions, is critical and they should not only have a voice, but they should be explaining that to our customers to get them excited about what's to come. Yeah, well said. 
then we kind of move over to our project teams. Uh, it's important for them to continuously leverage the centralized systems that we're, we put in place and continuously evolving. So we look at our Trimble suite of project site and viewpoint. Uh, it, it's important for them to use those systems to help automate their workload um, and, and also collect those data points. Uh, and then let us know when things need to be tweaked. Uh, same thing with SiteDocs. Safety, as we know as an organization, is critical. Um, you hear our CEO always talk about safety and, and how important that is in our culture. Well, we have a great system that can help us there. Let's use it. Uh, let's make sure that we're giving the feedback as to why maybe it can be a little bit better. Yeah. So for me, it's use the systems, make your lives easier with automation, and let's collect the data points. And you may just just quickly on that point, because you mentioned being proactive um, in how you're talking about this and that in a construction company is also kind of a revolutionary concept. Um, and so technology can help us be proactive. Technology can help us mitigate risk, help us, you know, with costs and safety and all of these other pieces that we really need to work effectively in order to be successful. Um, so I think I just wanted to make a note on that, that that proactive piece is undeniably important to this whole conversation. Absolutely. Um, I also don't want to forget about our service folks um, yes. because, you know, service is a lot of data. And where we're going at, as a company and, and just the industry in general is leveraging those customer analytics for um, better maintenance, better decision making, better insights. So leveraging our tools like XOI and, you know, some other tools that we're putting in place is critical. So for XOI, that's a great tool. Um, and I, I know that our customers love it. And it's just a matter of us continuously making it a point to use it and execute it on, on our jobs. Um, and, you know, we're continuously evolving all of our service tools for our customers. And again, we, we need that feedback to help us. Yeah. And every single point that you just made for each of those groups, I think you have such a theme going here, which I really like. I think we can capitalize on as a company, which is that feedback, uh, being proactive, that feedback piece, communication. Um, and again, it all comes down to what, what seems like rudimentary concepts, but we need work. Like We need to do work to do this. So I appreciate you breaking that down. You did keep it high level, but it was still use it and give us feedback on I, it. I, I think we we all um, are creatures of routine habits. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, myself included, uh, we, we get into the day to day and it becomes very robotic. You know, waking up what your day is like, you know that you need to do this, this and that. Um, sometimes you don't get to do those two things because five other things came up. Well, if you're continuously that robotic, how, where is the innovation? Where is the take a step back and rethink how we want to do things? Now, you know, unfortunately, we have a job to do and we have things that we have to accomplish. So we can't just sit in front of a whiteboard every day and, and you know, think. However, we have to make time to be innovative, to collaborate and to really think through what the future brings. I've seen the shift in this organization from when I started to now um, on how we partner and how 
business and technology are working together. So I'm excited to see what the future brings because I know it's a lot better now than it was. Well said. Super informative, Chrisus. Thank you. I have one last question for you, and it's our curveball question that has absolutely nothing to do with what we've talked about today. Okay. <laughs> Except that I'm going to find a way to make it work, and this one kind of does because we've been talking about some high-tech stuff. So today's curveball question is... Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. If you could go to Mars... Would you? Why or why not? Uh, yes, absolutely. Why? Really? It's cool. Um, second, I, I like going into the world of unknown. Um, again, going back to taking you out of the day-to-day robotic and going somewhere where no one's been and has no idea what's going on. Yeah, I'd like to explore it. You know, I shouldn't be surprised because that does seem pretty consistent with what you've said today. <laughs> I'm just like. Yeah, but I'm just like, Mars, I mean, that seems kind of scary. But when you put it like the unknown and you're an explorer, maybe that's what technologists are. They're explorers. Hey, look at that. We still would have been been listening to a computer dial up and you hear that you've gotten (laughs) it if we didn't evolve. So I I think we've done a good job. Oh, I think so, too. Fantastic. Thank you, Christos, again for unlocking a key part of our business. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for having me, Katie. Sometimes our own organizations can feel like we're on another planet. But take it from the space explorer himself. Technology is friend, not foe. And remember these two phrases, if not anything else. Use it and provide feedback. It may be simple advice, but we all know how hard it is to actually put it into practice. More tech talks are coming soon, but for now, we'll catch you next time on Limbach Unlocked. Mm-hmm.